you're listening to Church of Hope's podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope today's teaching encourages and inspires you. Check out hopeinocala.com for more resources on this journey called life. Here's today's teaching. Physical on your skin. And sometimes they're emotional on your heart. The question will always be, what do we do with our abrasions? Now, as humans, perhaps, there are many choices that we can make. But for today's purposes, perhaps we could sum it up in two choices. We either cover up our abrasions or we expose them for healing. Several years ago, I lived in the shiny city of Las Vegas. And one fall night, the weather was absolutely perfect. So I texted my running partner and said, hey, let's meet up at our favorite park and go for our run. So we met in the parking lot, we headed out on the trail and got into that steady rhythm and pace. We were comfortable, we were running, catching up on the day together. And then it quickly began to get dark outside. And while we knew this trail really well, I reached for my phone to turn on the flashlight because I wanted to make sure we could see where we were going. And in a split second, my body hit the gravel. I completely ate it, tripping over my own two feet. And while my left hand tried to stop my forward momentum, my right hand is gripping my phone to avoid it being shattered. Now, when I finally came to a stop, I jumped to my feet, hand still intact with my phone, and I said, okay, we're gonna keep going. And we just started running again, like it was no big deal. My mind was saying, I need to get over the embarrassment of literally just falling on my face in front of my running partner. But in a few moments, the adrenaline began to wear off. And I started to feel that something was not right physically. My hand, my left hand started throbbing and my knees were aching. And then I felt blood trickling into my socks and I knew something was not okay. So I had to own it to my running partner right there. I looked at her and said, hey Amber, we need to run to the nearest light. I need to see what's going on. So we got to the light and as I quickly assessed my knees and my hand, I saw that I had raw skin hanging from my knees. I was bloody and battered and wounded. You can see it was not just a simple fall on the pavement. I had experienced an abrasion. So we got back to our cars, said goodbye, and I swung through Walgreens on my way home to pick up some Band-Aids. You know, you need that when you have an abrasion, right? So I went home, I gingerly picked out some of the rocks and tried to brush off the dirt that was in my knees, and I went to bed trying to get some rest. Well, I woke up the next day and my knees and my hand were still bleeding and oozing and just battered up from the night before. So I knew there was no way I could wear jeans to work. So I sported a skirt, got in my car and went on with my day. Now, my normal routine on the way to work was to give my dad a call. He lived here in Florida, I was in Vegas, We had that time zone difference. So we found that to be a good time to connect. So I called him and I filled him in on the night before. And he stopped me in my tracks. He said, Emily, you need to turn your car around, 
You need to go home. You need to turn your shower on the hardest setting it will go on. And you need to let that water clean out your wounds. He said, baby, if you don't go do that, a doctor, he might have to open up what you allow to heal over and clean out from infection. To avoid infection and the abrasion on your knees and your hands, you need to go clean it out. So I did. I turned my car around, went home, and took the most painful shower I have ever experienced in my life. But I realized that day that my dad was right. If I didn't take the time to thoroughly clean out my abrasions physically, well, I wouldn't have healed properly. The same is true with our emotional abrasions. We can experience and discover healing. And today in Luke chapter 18, we're gonna discover how we can heal from the abrasions in life. So if you have your Bible, grab it and turn with me to Luke 18, or you can follow on the big Bible on the screen. Now, we're gonna read the story of two men juxtaposed. One is a Pharisee, the second a tax collector. Both are in the same setting, both having the same conversation with God, but going about their abrasions differently. Join me in Luke chapter 18, verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. See, here we meet two men. They're both in the temple, and they're both going to have a conversation with God. The Pharisee is ignoring his abrasion. He's deflecting it on other people, and he's rationalizing his behavior, saying, look at me, look at all of these good things that I'm doing. I'm not like that guy. And then we have the tax collector who's owning his abrasion, who's coming before God and saying, I need your mercy. I need your grace. The reality is we all fall in life. We all experience abrasions. There was only one perfect human to ever walk this earth, and his name was Jesus Christ. We fall. We get hurt physically and emotionally. So what do we do when we fall? How can we heal? What can we learn from these two men in Luke 18? Well, to heal from our abrasions, first, you must own it. You've got to own that you fell. Physically, we understand this. That night after that run, at first I tried to play it off. I tried to ignore that I fell. I was embarrassed. 
But it wasn't until I owned that I fell physically that I could take the necessary steps to heal. The same is true emotionally, but this can feel challenging. It's really tempting to want to cover up our emotional abrasions or be ashamed by them, maybe even identified by them. But as Pastor Mark has been teaching us this fall, we own and validate our feelings. Your emotions are for real. Validate them. Then we challenge and we change our thinking. Emotionally, we validate where we are. You've got to own where you are to validate those feelings. They're for real. When that person that you said I do to says, I don't want to anymore. When your adult children don't want to have a relationship with you. When the company that you invested your life into says, you're not really needed here anymore. When you have an argument and a disagreement with your best friend and they turn and walk away from you, how do we emotionally deal with those moments? Well, first, you own it. It hurt. It's a real feeling, and we struggle with it. We own it. Then we challenge and change our thinking. Pastor Mark has brought several teachings on this topic, equipping us with resources, and I can't recommend more watching and even re-watching that series on our YouTube channel. First, you've got to own it. To validate your feelings, own it. I fell. And truly, this is where the whole relationship with God even starts. God's word says, God's word says in, gotta catch my spot first. God's word says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So owning it and confessing it, that's where even a relationship with God starts. And that's what we see in the tax collector. He's owning it. The Pharisee, he's not owning it. And he's actually falling into this temptation and trap of a new abrasion called pride. In Proverbs, we read that pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. The most dangerous place for us to be in life is to think that we know it all. It prohibits us from owning it, from stepping into healing and that relationship with God. So first, to heal from our abrasions in life, you've got to own it. But second, you've got to clean it. That night after I ran, the next morning when I shared with my dad what happened, he challenged me to go home and allow the water of that shower to clean out my abrasion. So while physically we've got to clean out our wounds, emotionally we need to clean them out as well. But let's be clear, I can't clean out my heart by myself. We need a healer. We need a savior. God's word says in Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God. The tax collector, he understood. He couldn't clean himself out. Historically, where we find ourselves in this passage, the Roman authorities had given tax collectors, who were Jewish, the right amount of what to tax, what to collect from the people. However, they also gave authority 
and liberty to these tax collectors to take however much they wanted. So this led to many tax collectors becoming scoundrels, cheating and stealing from the people. That's where this tax collector is. He's cheating and stealing from his people. That's why we find him in the temple saying, God, I cannot clean out my wound on my own. I'm owning it, but I need you to clean me out. When we fall into the abrasion of pride, thinking that we know it all, we prohibit ourselves from healing. That's where the Pharisee is when he's standing and saying, I'm all that in a bag of chips. I don't need to be cleaned from anything. But in Matthew, God actually warns us specifically of this heart posture. Matthew 23, Jesus says, Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. You see, some of us, we may feel the conviction of God on our hearts, but frankly, we're okay walking around with bloody knees. We don't really want to be cleaned out. We want to keep going to the bar, climbing in bed with him, eating that and smoking that, posting that on social media and saying that about him and her. We're okay walking around with bloody knees and a bleeding heart. This is why we cannot clean ourselves out. We own where we are, but then we have to invite our healer to do what only he can do. Inviting him to clean out our emotional abrasions, transforming us. You see, reality is we pay for what we carry in life. And I learned this the hard way. So when I decided to move from Las Vegas back to the Sunshine State, I knew it was time to begin the process of packing up my apartment. So I made all these little piles to keep, to give away, and to throw away. And I started doing the work of going through everything. I was moving in the middle of winter, and I didn't really want to pack a trailer and tow that across the country over 2,000 miles in the snow. So I decided to get rid of most everything and pack light starting over in Florida. And I thought I did a pretty good job, quite frankly. By the time I was done with all of my piles and giving things away and donating them and throwing things away, I looked at what was left and said, man, good job, Emily. You really cleaned out a bunch of stuff. Way to go. So my mom flew in to drive with me, pack up my car, and have a fun mother-daughter road trip. And as we began packing my little red convertible with everything left over, I quickly realized it did not all fit. I had not gotten rid of enough stuff. So as I looked at a couple bags that were left over, I decided rather than going through everything one more time, I would just stuff it in the car, drive to FedEx, and mail it across the country. So that's what we did. We drove to the store, I paid the fees, and I mailed those bags across the country. 
I thought this was a win-win. I got to keep everything. I'd get it back to Florida. Life is good. Until three weeks later, when I arrived in Florida, proceeded to clean out my closet again and got rid of the same amount of bags. I could have used the money that I paid to mail all that stuff across the country to buy a new wardrobe instead of paying fees to mail what I was just gonna get rid of anyways. The same is true in life. We pay for what we choose to carry. So when you choose to carry unforgiveness, you pay in broken relationships and internal chaos. When you choose to carry fear, you pay in missing out on moments and being who God made you to be. When you choose to carry other people's expectations with you, what you think they want from you, who you think they want you to be, well, you carry internal bondage and not becoming who God designed you uniquely to be. We pay for what we carry in life. And when we don't invite our savior to be the healer in our world, to come in and heal us, we walk in bondage. We don't get to walk in the freedom that he designed us for. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. God designed us to live free, not bound up, not paying baggage fees in life. So when we choose to own where we're at, validating our feelings and emotions, challenging and changing our thinking, and then we invite our healer to clean us out, we get to walk in this incredible freedom that is already ours. Now, you might be sitting there wondering, Emily, that's nice, but like, how do I do that? Is there some special like prayer or way to ask God to clean me out? How do, how do I do that? There's no magic formula for this. We find this in the tax collector's example. He's worshiping God in a humble posture. He's saying, God, here I am. I need you. That's all that we do. We step into an honest conversation with God, inviting him to do what only he can do. So to heal from our abrasions in life, first, we own it. Second, we invite our healer to clean it. And third, we be transformed by it. Now, healing takes time. It takes time time. It would be tempting to think that once we've owned it and we've invited God to clean out our emotional abrasions, that we'd wake up the next day healed, scar-free. That's not how healing works. It requires time. Just like physically, it takes time for our skinned and battered knees to heal. Emotional wounds take time. So we continue to give ourselves grace and embrace the process that's what I love about this series that Pastor Mark has equipped us with, because it's all about that process of validating and owning where you are now, your feelings, your emotions, and then challenging and changing your thinking. So while we're embracing the process, we get curious. We ask ourselves questions like, how did I get 
to where I am now? What, what was I thinking that led me to this place? And hear me, asking questions and getting curious about how you ended up with skinned knees, a wounded heart, well, it's not an indicator or a declaration of your value, your identity. It's just directing you towards your healer. And the reality is that to continue to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect different results, it's the definition of insanity. At some point for true healing to take place, transformation from our healer has to happen in and through our hearts. The tax collector, he couldn't stay the same. He couldn't stay a scoundrel. He needed to walk away from the temple that day transformed. And we see this over and over in God's word. I mean, to the woman who was caught in adultery, Jesus looks at her and says, go and sin no more. To the man at the pool of Bethesda who couldn't walk, Jesus heals him physically. And then he says, go and sin no more. For healing to take place, we have to be transformed internally by our Savior. You know, from that run in Vegas, that one fateful fall night, I actually have scars still on my knees. But those scars on my knees, they, they don't define my knees. My knees are still my knees. They work great. My scars don't define them. And while this is true physically, and we can wrap our minds around that, this is also true emotionally. Your scars don't define you. They remind you of your healer. And while I now have a story that I get to share with you in September 2022 from that night in the fall, well, when we, when we own our scars emotionally, when we invite our healer to clean them, and when we're transformed by them, our scars become a story that we can then partner with people to discover that in Christ, we have hope. Our scars don't define us. They remind us of our healer. John 8, 36 says, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Scars don't define you. They remind you of your healer and that he designed us to live free, not walking around with a wounded and bleeding heart. Fix your eyes on your healer and you will experience transformation. I love the words of Psalms 118 verse 5. It says, out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and he set me free. You know, with the physical abrasion, the healing process is about new skin. With an emotional abrasion, the healing process with Jesus is about new life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. I don't know what emotional abrasions you carried into this room today, but I know with full clarity and confidence that you don't have to keep walking with them. You don't have to keep walking with a wounded heart. You can walk in the freedom that God designed us for. We own where we are. We invite our healer to do what only he can do in cleaning us 
And then we walk transformed by the hope we have in Jesus. In 2019, a song was released called Nothing Else. And the author of this song shared that more than just lyrics that he penned one day, they're actually the results of his heart's cry. Something specific, a specific conversation that he needed to have with God. More than me just sharing his story with you, I want you to hear from the writer of the song. Take a look at this. And I remember kind of right there in that moment having this revelation, this light bulb moment of when, when that second half of that chorus kind of hit us, when we all kind of figured out that it should say, you know, I'm not here for blessings, Jesus, you don't owe me anything. And it was like, it was like it was something that my heart needed to say that I didn't even know. Because it, once that line hit, I remember, I remember just, bust, just bursting into tears. And I don't, that doesn't happen very often when I'm writing. I don't, I don't know that I've felt that really ever at that strong. And, and, I, I, and now that I think about it, it was, that line was like a process of my life personally. Like it was a process of a year, a year and a half leading up to that revelation of feeling like I was asking God for so many different things and wanting it to look a certain way and being disappointed and being frustrated and and I had a, a kind of a year of that kind of season of my life in some ways and and it was like sitting here in this room writing that song was was really like the thing that made me realize like oh no this is what I need to say to God and this conversation in Luke 18 with two men talking with God. Each was having a conversation about their abrasions, but they were 100% different. The Pharisee is blinded by his pride, so blinded that he can't even see he has an abrasion. And in doing so, he will never have the opportunity to heal. The other man's having a conversation with God and he's owning where he's at. He is inviting God to clean out his heart and he wants to walk out of that temple transformed. You know, Corey shared that he penned these lyrics that God, there is nothing else I want but you as something that he needed to say to God. He's coming before God saying, I'm sorry for how I've come with my own agenda, how I've wanted something from you. It's his words of what he needs to say to God. So what do you need to say to God today? We've heard from two men. They both have abrasions. We all do. We all fall. We see how they go about their conversation with God. So what conversation do you need to have with God? Perhaps some of us need to have a first conversation. The best way to step into freedom and healing is by beginning a relationship with the healer, Jesus Christ. You know, God sent his one and only son to die on a cross to take the sins of you and me, wiping us clean. You know, our healer has scars of his own, scars in his hands, scars on his feet. They remind him of his love for us. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, today is the day to step into eternal freedom. If you're sitting here in this room, you're at home online, you can simply say something in your heart like, God, I own it. I need you. 
thank you for sending your son to die for me. Wash me clean. Make me new. I believe in you, Jesus. And I invite you to be my Lord and my healer. If that was you, welcome to God's family. This is the most important decision, absolutely, that you will make. And we wanna equip you with resources for this journey. You are not alone in your walk. You can text the number you see on the screen and our team will connect with you, will equip you with resources. For the rest of us, what do you need to say to God today? How do you need to own your abrasion? Maybe it's something that you've been trying to cover up or you've been identifying yourself by it. You've been ashamed by it. What do you need to own today? And how do you need to invite your healer to clean you out, to wash out that emotional abrasion like that shower head did to my knees that day? How do you need to invite God to cleanse you? And then how will you walk away transformed, not continuing in the same patterns of healing and then opening that wound again? How will you walk transformed? I've asked Corbin to actually lead us in that song, Nothing Else, that we just heard the backstory to. And as he sings the, these words, I wanna invite us to make this our prayer. You can pray the words of the song, or maybe you have your own prayer you need to talk with God. Maybe you need to come and declare, own, and leave something down here. You're welcome to do so, or stay in the comfort of your own chair. But how will you today own it, invite God to clean it, and walk away transformed. Let's sing these words together. I just 
just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. Never want to leave. Yeah, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe. you right now to stand to your feet. Let's participate in worship together. As we declare that we want nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, nothing else, nothing else, Jesus, nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. I'm caught up in your presence. Need you to heal us. Need you to restore us. with God, you don't have to. He is with you, he is in you, and he is for you. And when we own it, we invite him to clean it and we walk transformed, he is with us. This is more than a truth on a Sunday morning inside an auditorium. This is the truth in you. So today, walk transformed, knowing and believing that your scars don't define you. They remind you of your healer. God, we love you and thank you 
thank you, God, for who you are in us and with us and for us and that our scars don't define us. Thank you, God, for how you cleanse us and you transform us, that you use our scars to tell an incredible story of what you have done in and through our lives. God, as we step off this campus today, may we be transformed into the people you made us to be. We love you, God. We love you. We give you all the glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Peace. Have a great week.